Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to someone who has been an engineer like me, but of course in a different field like mechanical to civil engineering and have become a full-time real estate investor. Her name is Deepa Radiakula. Um, and of course, she's from India. So we may talk about some uh, stuff we what we have done back home. But she's a real estate investor and multifamily syndicator based out of Seattle, Washington. And she moved from uh, being a head of engineering to full-time real estate investor. So we want to know how she did it and if she can share some golden nuggets uh, with all of us. And, and we can also pretty much follow the path she has followed. So welcome, Deepa. Thank you. Thanks so much, Alpesh. It's an honor. Absolutely. Thank you. So first question I ask every guest that tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Okay. So here goes. I'm an avid reader. So I read, um, I average about six to eight books a month. Oh, wow. That's a lot. (laughs) I'm like one book a month and I thought I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) So here it goes. It keeps on going. So um, to, to keep it interesting and not to neglect any parts of my life, I have four different categories. I My first category, the first book would be like general business development. The right. second would be real estate specific. The third is self-improvement. Right, and the fourth is parenting. Because oh, kids, don't, okay. kids don't come with, uh, you know, uh, yeah. any kind of handbook. So... Nope. Once I read all of this, I kind of recycle, but once I get through each category, I watch a series on Curiosity Stream, which is uh, a Netflix for nerds. It's, it's totally about documentaries and everything. So that's just something interesting. I Four books, a series on Net, uh, Netflix for nerds, which is Curiosity Stream, and I the kind of shows I watch is like is Fibonacci sequence in nature and history of numbers kind oh, of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. And then go back to book one. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I also think it's funny. So, no, yeah. it is. It is. So, so yes, you read all this book and even uh, watch Curiosity Stream. Then why did you choose real estate? <laughs> Great question. So, a um, couple of two things freedom of time, and also tax benefits. Nice. Those were my two biggest reasons to, to start investing in real estate. So what was your very first real estate investment and how did it work out for you? So the very first one was a very, very small investment. Um, I kind of started out by lending some money to a friend for okay. a house flip. <laughs> And it came back to me within a few months because flippers only hold it for yes, a few months. And it came, yes, yeah, a short term. And then I'll have to wait another deal. And so that kind of got me started. Then the next investment was I got into syndications right after that. Oh, and it okay. turned out pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So so you didn't uh, take the 
normal route, like how I did and most of my guests do that they start with one single family rental, they buy another one, then buy a small multifamily and then end up with syndication. So you pretty yeah. much just landed money and then moved into uh, syndication. Yes, I, I the smallest syndication I've, I've worked on so far or invested in so far is a 76 unit. That was okay. my very first one. And the biggest one is about 336 units. So yeah, I skipped, I skipped the, the wow, regular that, route. That's pretty cool. So do you uh, still have a full-time job or did you retire? I do not have a full-time job. Um, I was laid off. The okay. whole department was laid off. The whole engineering department was laid off uh, during the pandemic. Oh, okay. To, yeah, Sorry to, to hear that. Um, but you know, that was one of the best things that happened yeah. to me in retrospect. It's um, always blessing in disguise. <laughs> yes. Yes. It did take me a little, I was head of engineering is managing an, the whole engineering department. And I had um, people that would report to me. The, the worst thing about the layoff is losing the people. Mm. Uh, it took me two days to get over my job. I loved it. It, it doesn't, you know, I make it sound like um, it took me two days to get over the job, but I was like totally in the dumps in those two days. But yes. I loved my job. I really did. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, now I, know. I do so this I, full time. No, that's that's great. And I have the exact same story, right? So 2009, right when the recession started and we are expecting our first child and I got laid off. Oh my yeah, and then um, both of us were not working by that time. So uh, it was a struggle for a month, but uh, knock on wood again, a blessing in disguise because I started my own consulting firm, IT consulting. Right. I learned the ropes of consulting and uh, I had decided I will never do W2 again and I have not. So yeah, it just works out, huh? Right, right. And I, because, because the job market was so good, I received multiple job offers yes. and, and then, you know, being laid off is such a helpless position. I was like, I, I don't think I want to be in that position again. And by that time I was a GP in 400 units already. And oh, I was nice. invested as an LP in about 800. So I just made the decision to stick with the CRE full time. Oh, okay. So, so that was going to be my next question, actually. So you have been receiving all the full-time offers. So what was the catalyst behind just moving full-time into real estate? Like, you don't want to deal with this head of engineering and whatnot. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if I would have pulled the trigger on leaving my job if I was not laid off because right. I was having a blast. Exactly. Um, I, was, I was face of the department. I was the person traveling all over the country talking to other engineers, um, talking about our product. I was designing glue laminated wood poles of all things. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah, so I used, I would just go talk to utility engineers <laughs> and I even traveled a bunch in Canada. So um, I, I really did love my job. And once they made the decision for me, it was so much easier yes. to, to just make the switch. And I would have eventually done it, but I gained all this time because they pulled the plug. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned this, right? So um, a lot of us, uh, they are so comfortable in our jobs and, and, and businesses and all, unless we really get kicked in the back, right? We don't, <laughs> we don't take that decision, right? It's, it's very hard. Yes. And uh, yeah, I have a couple of friends, you know, I worked for SAP um, as a you know, software engineer, then PricewaterhouseCoopers where I got laid off, right? Mm -hmm. So so uh, I still have friends at SAP and PwC and they still keep asking me, they want to now leave the job. 
this was they asked me 10 years ago five years ago and they are still at, at the same position and right. i'm like we become so comfortable and they have a lot of ideas everyone has a lot of ideas but it's it's hard to leave that you know um, comfort and, and then get out and do something on your own right um, That's true. so uh, i'm glad i'm glad that you mentioned so so you were uh, where you before you got laid off or before you even decided that you don't want to uh, do this full time anymore did you have set a did you set up a plan to move into for full time into real estate i did i did have a goal um and it was going to be sometime this year in 2022 and i was shooting for maybe june 2022 we're not even there yet right and um you know i i had a, a transition plan too at work because I was the only person with the professional engineering license at work for the ah, whole engineering department. Right. So I couldn't just like up and leave without a transition. Right. And right. that department was my baby. Uh, I've been working for seven years on it. So right. uh, there was a transition plan there as well. And, uh, and you know, uh, it happened. So. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. So what was your plan? Like just a transition plan from work side, but on personal side and the finance side, had you planned anything? Have you thought about like, I got to have this number in mind, maybe number of units on the income or because all of us have some kind of numbers in our mind, yes. right? <laughs> yes, yes. No, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, I did have a plan. So um, we were, me and my husband just sat down and talked about, you know, the money we make, you know, from, from jobs, um, we don't really, if, if you're a high wage earner, if you make 100, 100 or 200,000 per year, we don't really need that much if your expenses are not even close to that. Right. You know, you could, you could live in $60,000, $70,000 a year <laughs> and live a good life. So we were thinking, we are like, the first thing was, oh, maybe we should replace our income with right. passive income. <laughs> And then that was, that's completely arbitrary, right? Like, right. Um, then we were like, okay, you know what? Let's come up with a number to see yes. how much we spend every year. And let's add a little bit more as cushion account yeah. for inflation and everything. Yeah, and, and when vacation, we hit that whatnot. Number, yeah. Yes, yes, we are, we are big vacationers and uh, we love to travel. So we just added all of that in there, came up with the number and that was our number. So we were, I was working towards that number uh, when I was laid off, I haven't I haven't hit that number in passive investments. Uh, right. Sorry, passive income, but that was a thought process. Oh, that's that's uh, that's great. I'm I'm glad that you shared. Um, how long have you been investing in real estate and um, and by uh, what? How many units you mentioned by that time when you got laid off? So I had been investing only for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Wow, uh, that's fast. Yes. So 2019 is when I put my first penny in it, in, in uh, syndications, but I had been researching for a few few years before then. Okay. So this I got the syndication bug in 2016 <laughs> and I got analysis paralysis. So uh, I had to learn everything and how to underwrite before I invest as an LP. That's way too much, by the way, uh, to people yes. out there listening. That's, that's, that's not good, uh, but that's what I did. But once we started investing in 2019, we kind of scaled really fast and uh, we invested in multiple multiple syndications. And by the time I was laid off, um, I had about I had invested in about 800 units as a LP and I was a GP in about 400. 
nice and so did you uh did you sign up uh, with any courses like michael blank to rod cliff or joe fairless or were you part of one of those um, or any or any of those kind of mastermind no no so uh none of the ones but i'm mostly self-taught okay. uh, for the most part so you're and... like me <laughs> Uh, I did join uh, a group that's not in existence anymore. Um, uh, I was a beta tester. So we were like guinea pigs. <laughs> uh, so Elisa Zhang had um, uh, e Easy FIU, okay. Elisa Zhang Financial Independence University. And she's uh, stopped it for a little bit now. I don't know what the plan is going forward, but I was one of the initial members who was part of it. And she would put videos out and we, we not only just learn, but we would provide feedback. We were guinea pigs ah, okay. to, to build that. Um, but I did that for a few months and um, and because all the books I read too, right. um, kind of accelerates learning. So, so uh, now, now you started in 2019. Can you share some of the lessons you have learned so far? Yes, yes, definitely. So started investing in 2019, right before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the lessons I've learned from the very first deal is um, always investing with the sponsor group. We definitely want to look to see if that particular group, those particular individuals together have worked together in the past on different projects. Right. <laughs> Because you never know how they get along. A group of people will get together and say, hey, let, let's take this down. Right, yeah. And until they work together, you have no idea. Like it, it could be you and I too, Alpesh. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. let's work together. And until we actually are sitting down for a PM call, we don't know how we that's work a, together. That's a great point. And I, I, I see, I see the value in it. It's, so, it's very important. So you, because everyone can do one deal together right and be done with it right but <laughs> yes. if, if they have if they gel well together and if they are doing right. multiple deals together then yeah right then right. it's a if, true partnership <laughs> yes 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 I, you want to see if the group has done multiple deals together and if somebody is coming back as a repeat investor or the same group is taking up more projects that means they like each other and yeah. we want that all the gps to be friends and and get along uh, for the property to move smoothly. Oh, that that's a great lesson. So that's lesson number one. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and you know, we also want to, th this is something that I am very passionate about and I learned from talking to my very first sponsor is if we ask questions about, as an LP, not as a GP, as an LP, um, I ask about, hey, tell me about one of the projects that you're working on or worked on that did not go as planned right. and, and how did you handle it? And if somebody is like, oh, we never had that happen, then that person has yeah. not been doing enough or is Correct. not telling you. Yeah. So, you know, it could be a small dip, all good properties, well, all properties go through, you know, some kind of a change in plan, a shift yeah. in plan. And it does not really have to be bad, but when bad things happen, how did they handle is what you want to know. Right. Yeah. No. I that that is very important because unless they haven't done it since two thousand five, 
Yes. <laughs> otherwise, they would have got hit in the head, right, or, right. or or they they are not telling you the truth. Even even right. someone like Will Smith, uh, who call we call it as <laughs> Golden Hand, right, with the singing to music, everything, he also messes it up, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His golden hands are no more golden anymore. <laughs> Just one thing. It takes only one thing. Exactly. To take everything right? away, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, so when you are syndicating, are you working with uh, your specific then uh, GPs, um, or you are also partnering with a lot of different GPs? <clears throat> so, great question. Thank you for asking that. So, I invested. So, I started as an LP, and the way even now how I vet my partners uh, or potential partners is I invest my own money. So mm -hmm. I invest yeah. the family money, me and my husband's, and see how they treat me as an LP. And if I want to bring my LPs to that group. So, so far, I've only invested with groups that I invested my money with, and I only work with two groups. So, and I'm vetting other groups by investing my own money, but I haven't raised any capital or work with them yet. That's great. That's exactly what I do. I first dip my toes using my own capital, <laughs> which I don't mind losing, right? right I don't right. want anyone else to lose capital. <laughs> That's true. I mean, ideally, we don't want to lose right. anybody's money. No, no if, one's money. Yeah. But it's, it's, at least if it's my money, I know. Yes, you can, <laughs> we can sleep at night, you know? Exactly, yeah, yes. not with someone else's money. It's I, true, true. Yeah, and, and I think that comes from the cultural. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Right. The, the conservativeness also, I mean, both being engineers, as yes. engineers, we are super conservative and yep. also the culture is super conservative. Yep, so. the numbers yeah. and everything. So right. which real estate markets are you focusing on and why? So <clears throat> I am in Texas, Florida, and Arizona. And, All three uh, hot markets. <laughs> hot markets. <laughs> and they're hot because Literally. of population. Yes. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively, yes. yes. All three are hot markets. So um, job growth, population growth, yes. and just the number of employers going to those states. Migration pattern, right. yeah, all that. Right, yep. right, for those reasons. So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about now the real estate deals you have done. So can you share your best real estate deal so far? Sure. Okay, I'm going to stick with the same deal because it went full cycle. And I'm just going to show the audience how the best deal can also sometimes be the worst deal, but we just got to stick with until the end. Uh, so this deal that I invested in um, was a 76 unit, the very first syndication that I was ever part of. I was an LP and um, COVID hit, we were still getting distributions, not, not as much, not the preferred, whatever the preferred, preferred uh, return was, but we were still getting returns and um, once it was sold, because it was in Arizona, it was in the right time, in the right place. Yes. And they, the GP group got an offer that they couldn't refuse and they sold it. And my initial investment of 50,000 came back as 115,000 check. Oh, wow. That's and that's, nice. ex that's excluding the 8,000 cash flow. Wow, that's, that's, so, that's a good one. So return wise, you know, as an LP, what can be best than like, right. it's, it's one of the best deals. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, right. So uh, is that your worst real estate deal as well? Or was there anything else? <laughs> no, that is the one. That is the one too. I know talk about like, um, not, nothing bad happened on it. But uh, like I said, the, the GP group, that was the very first time they were working together, these particular people that came together. Mm. And in the midst of it, they figured out it was not a good fit. 
Ah. And, and, you know, somebody had to step up and learn how to asset manage from wow, scratch. That's interesting. So, you know, it's all perspective and context. So when we were going through that and the GP group was really good, they kept it very, very, very transparent. They were telling all the LPs what was going on and they were like, we have a plan and this is what's going on. We're going through it. We're like, oh my goodness, they are learning on our dime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yes. they're learning how to asset manage on our dime. So that's scary. <laughs> right. When this was happening, you know, that kind of felt like it was the worst deal. But once we got like this big check that turned into a best deal. So wow, that, that's a, that's a, that's really a, a great um, uh, analogy. Right. I think I love it how they, someone else had to step up. Right. And, right, and learn right. the ropes, but, right. but on the flip side, when things are going smoother, no one cares, right? When, I when, agree. when you see there is a problem, that's when, you know, there'll be a blame game, finger pointing. and so <laughs> Right, right. You know, what was, what was even better about that particular GP group is that they were like, they didn't change any of the um, equity split between them. They were like, you know what? It's okay. Um, internally, whatever is going on, that's fine. The big picture is, is the property and LPs. Mm we take care of them. If I'll have to do extra work, that's fine. You know, right. and if the other person's getting paid for the work that they're not doing, that's fine too. Right. Big picture is yes. like, we need to protect LP money and then provide a good return. Yeah. So, and if you take care of this investors, they will come back to invest with you. Yes. Right? Yes. So, and we did, we did, yeah. I did go back. No, that, that, that's the key. So, right. So what are you seeing in the market now, right now, as, as, the, as we all know, Real estate has been on a tier, um, uh, stock market, everything else. So are you being uh, really conservative right now and with interest rates rising, how are you uh, underwriting your deals? We are very conservative and we're doing stress tests with, uh, what, with different cap rates, exit cap rates in our underwriting and also with uh, different interest rates. And we're also purchasing rate caps um, ah. Sometimes rate caps are worth it. Sometimes they are not. But right. you know, with in this market, we think it is <clears throat> worth yep. purchasing a rate cap. And um, uh, sometimes in Arizona or in Florida, the rent growth, the the proposed rent rent growth or the projected rent growth is in double digits. Yes. And and that's not you know yeah. it is it's totally possible it's happened. Yeah. But we that's not what we underwrite. We that's underwrite what brokers uh, brokers would tell you, right? <laughs> so can right. you can you explain us what is a red rate cap? Because a lot of my listeners may not know. No. Oh yes. Yeah. So uh, it's just like insurance against raising rising interest rates. So we purchase a rate cap. Let's say if it is at four point seven five today. And we purchase a rate cap. And if the interest rates go up to a certain level, let's say 50 basis points, and if we purchase a rate cap for that particular um, level, and if it hits that 5.25, 50 basis points from 4.75 is 5.25%. And we are covered. If it goes any over, the rate cap takes over and they pay the extra difference. I see. Between what what it is and what the rate cap was. And so um, you buy uh, for each property, right? Or can you buy it even before you have a deal in place? We we always bought it after. Okay. Yeah, so I do not know if you can buy it before, but you know, we have to close on the property 
and then we've always bought it after. So I'm sorry, I don't know if you can buy it preemptively. Right, I, I don't think so. But so the last question before we take a break, what's your goal for 2022? My goal for 2022 is to do at least one syndication, one good syndication per quarter. And I have multiple, um, you know, uh, goals for different aspects of my life. So business-wise, that's the goal. Vacations-wise, at least four weeks of vacation. And I have like completely different, at least uh, read six to eight books. That one is easy for me to hit because I already <laughs> do that. Uh, so, and, and help at least hundred families this year educate financial literacy. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go to the same questions I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Deepa shared a lot of golden nuggets. I highly recommend if you are investing as LP, I highly recommend you go through this episode once or twice. So Deepa, uh, thank you for sharing all those golden nuggets. Are you ready for fire round? Oh my goodness, yes, as ready as I can be. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? And I hope it's almost over. <laughs> yes, I think it's almost over. So we are being super conservative. And um, the, I guess the answer is no. We always underwrite conservatively and want to stick stick to the same, same rules. And we'll look uh, into the jobs or I have to say the employers more keenly so that it's not single point of failure. Awesome. I always ask this question, favorite real estate or finance or, you know, business book, but I think you can share one from each of your categories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Thank you so much. So the best business book, I know, even though this is not a business book, uh, it is four hour work week. Oh yes. It kind of got me started thinking that, oh, it's possible yep. to have In a four Paris, hour work week. You can't yes. go wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, real estate book, even though it's not quite real estate book, I think uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad yes. is a really good book. And um, personal development wise, Barking Up the Wrong Tree mm, by that's Eric Barker. <laughs> so I had to read it three times to catch everything he was saying. Yes. So that and for parenting wise, positive parenting really, positive parenting, really okay. helped me. So yeah. thank you for sharing all those books. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Maybe it's your underwriting, maybe project management or, you know, networking. Right. So Scribd is what I use to listen to my books. Okay. And it's S-C-R-I-B-D, mm -hmm. Scribd.com. And that's what I use. I cannot live without it because uh, I have to have books. <laughs> so. Okay. So you listen to books. Um, yes. Oh, my goodness. Time. Yes. So you, don't, I, you, don't, you don't read. No. So. Okay. Uh, I used to, and I have a five-year-old now. And anytime I, I open a book or he sees a book, it becomes a toy I immediately. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm going the other way. I used to uh, listen to books on Audible. I used to read books on uh, Kindle and the pandemic happened. I don't go at all anywhere pretty much. So I started enjoying physical books. So I'm ordering oh. all the copies of physical book now I have, and I have a huge collection. <laughs> now. Same books I owned on Audible or Kindle. 
that is amazing uh he my my kid i think when my kid is a little bit older <laughs> i get to do that too no i know it's it's difficult any advice for beginner investors um read absorb as much as you can learn or actually learn it's not even about read uh, learn and absorb as much information as you can and a very good way to get started is by helping uh, find somebody that you really like and um, figure out what their pain points are you could just ask them hey how can i help you i really want to help you how can i help you and and help them that's your way of getting in with people so yeah that's awesome how do you give back Ah, uh, great question. Thank you. So I'm very passionate about engineering. Uh, engineering has made this possible and that has made me possible to go to an LP straight, not going to the traditional route. Right. So um, yeah. I am a standards committee member on American Plywood Association and we are the gatekeepers or we are the keepers for national and international standards for a few specifications. Oh, okay. And uh, I also am a board member for American Society of Civil Engineers, Tacoma Olympia chapter. And the, my favorite part of giving back is I go to schools <laughs> and talk to kids, uh, middle school and high school children, and to, to encourage them to become engineers and outside the box thinkers. And uh, they ask the darnest questions. Uh, yes. One kid asked me, um, how much do you make? And I say, yes. I'm going to loosely, <laughs> you know, I'm going to loosely tell you if you uh, pass the PE, which is a really tough exam yes. and work in the industry for a few years, you can make a hundred thousand and, and his eyes light up and he goes hundred thousand a day. And I go, hold your horses. It's hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a year. So <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I know even my kids ask me, oh, you make 100,000 a day? I'm like, no, I wish. <laughs> yes. So I, like I, per month? I'm like, yeah, I wish again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, going back to schools and talking to children, I also talk at different colleges to keep engineers in college or get additional engineers into um, Tacoma Community College, for example. So for the most part, I'm volunteering my time to the causes that I really um admire no thank you for doing that I, I that's great how can my listeners reach out to you oh so linkedin is the best way to get a hold of me my full name is deepa reddy akula and uh you could also go to my website it's vinside capital v-i-n-s-i-d-e capital.com got it thank you uh deepa i had fun i had a blast actually this was good <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, the questions are amazing. Thank you for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.